Girl Clothing is so much more than clothing. We are a movement. We have collectively decided to stop seeing each other as competition and instead seeing each other as sisters because we believe that is why we are held back as a gender and we are tired of it. So we are coming together, sharing our stories, our experience, strength, and hope to know that we are not alone and to hear that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we are moving forward. It is 100% girl power. We know that if the women energy is not lifted up across this planet, we are doomed as a human race and we are here to change the game. So please help me welcome back our host, Tavra Lee. You are listening to Girl Talk and we are recording at Girl Live in Las Vegas. It is May 2019. And you might hear some sound in the background. I feel like the DJ just like kicked it up a notch, which is cool because we're in here boogieing a little bit. But I'm really excited to have Ashley Ridenauer. Did I say that right? Yes. Ridenauer. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Ridenauer. Like it's time to go like ride. I'm going to say like motorcycles or like something. Like go for an hour. Yeah. yeah I, I tried to get my husband to take my last name. Kish is way easier. <laughs> that he, was a no go. Nah, not this time. <laughs> Well, thank you, Ashley. I'm, I'm happy to have you on Girl Talk with us. Excited. It is exciting. And have you been to Girl Live before? Yes. You have? I did. When, when one or t- once or twice? I came last year. I had just missed the very, I think, what was last year, 18. So I just missed 17 by like two weeks. That's when I like first started to find out about the brand. But I was so determined to come to 18. And I'm so glad I went. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to hear all about your experience. And of course, we're going to say hello because we've got uh, lots of my friends here. We have Hi. Heather and Gigi in the room. Hey, ladies. <laughs> um, so, Ashley, I know that you you have a, some various parts of your story that we're going to talk about today. And before we started to record, I told you that the most impactful thing that you wrote um, to me prior to the show was that you've been on a 19 year battle to become the person that you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And that, I I mean, that stuck with me because I feel like all of us have different timelines in how we grow and different processes to get to where we want to be. Definitely. But the fact that you are somewhere you want to be today Mm -hmm. is beautiful. I'm beyond excited. And I feel like almost every day is just a new chapter to like, just keep adding onto that. So Mm. So where where did you grow up? Where are you from? Well, my dad was military, so oh. Air Force brat. So I was born in England, moved to Sacramento, then moved to Texas, then moved to Vandenberg here in California, and my dad retired out of that base, and we moved in with my grandparents in Visalia, and I have lived in Visalia ever since 2002. So Okay, so in between that time, I heard England mm-hmm. and Texas. Yes. I can't imagine being in England and then going to Texas because that would be like opposite sides of the spectrum. When you're two, it doesn't really matter. Oh, okay, yeah. so you were young. Yeah. 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 So um, did you spend the majority of your later years in California? Yes. Okay. So I would say, because my mom's family is from California. So okay. she grew up in Visalia. When she was 18, she moved out and met my dad and I think from 21, 22, they were just all over the place. And so being able to travel like that really brought forth a lot of um, things that I really admire about myself personally, but it's also really helped me see things in different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, things are a lot different here in California than they are in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I was old enough in Texas to, uh, you know, know that I was shaped different than the other girls on my soccer team. And then when we moved to um, back to California, 
not everyone's from LA, but everyone kind of wants to be from LA. Mm. So everyone kind of has an image and stuff like that. But I've always considered Visalia my home. I always uh, came here for summertime. You mean California? You're saying here, but oh you don't yeah, mean, yeah, California. Yeah, I forget I'm in Vegas right now. Vegas. Where am I? I? I I'm on the other side of the Sierra yeah, Nevada. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but what do you mean by you were different? So I was always thicker, mm. and I know I had mentioned that to you before, and. I never remember being made fun of by my peers, but I do remember being kind of laughed at by my family because I had bigger legs and a bigger butt. And, you know, I was never petite. I was never skinny. And I would always look at the other girls on my soccer team. Even when I was in like, I think it was third through sixth grade, everyone was so tiny. And I, I didn't know why I couldn't be that tiny. And I didn't understand that it was, you know, maybe it was genetics. Maybe it was because... Um, you know, did I eat different than everyone else? I don't think I did, mm-hmm. you know, but I was never, I never fit a mold, you know, mm-hmm. especially in the nineties when you grow up with like Britney Spears and Christine Aguilera and the Spice Girls and everyone's showing off their belly and stuff. And you want to do that. But when you wiggle, it's kind of embarrassing, even at that young age. And I think that the biggest question that comes to me when I, when I picture when I picture that or think of the statement you just said is that what makes us think that that's the ideal thing to be? And exactly. we know the answer is that society and, you know, the typical marketing plans are telling us all the time that we need to look and be a certain way to be attractive. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Definitely. So we, so then what we know and how we grow up think, I mean, look at Barbie. It's mm-hmm. a perfect example. I mean, just how, how, bad of an image we've put in our minds since the time that we were little at what we were supposed to be. Exactly. And it's not just us and it's not just our families. I mean, this is a, this is a cultural shift, which is why you and I both love the girl community because this, this is where the shift is happening. Mm -hmm. And even though girl is so small, like every year I've watched it, I've watched those, the likes go up. I've watched more people follow. I talk about it just even on the right here my Lyft driver was a female and I gave her one of my wristbands and I was like, you need to go check this out. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And yeah. she's like, I'm immediately, I'm going to go home and I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Cause it's changing the way that we view ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's creating a safe space for people to, I mean, our theme is I am enough. Yes. Right. Regardless of anybody on the external side of their opinion, um, you know, we're, we're enough. So how did you, so how did you start to come to terms with, or have you, the fact that you were different. I would say it probably wasn't until a few years ago. I started um, jujitsu and I started training Muay Thai and I just figured out about my body that it's not, it's not just this piece of flesh that I carry around with me that, you know, helps me exist throughout the day. Like I'm a strong person, you know, when I'm told by somebody like, I'm 250 pounds and you just lifted me up. Like, how did you do that? It's, it's pretty phenomenal. And you learn to appreciate the little things that you can do with it. And you, like when you compete and stuff, I remember when I first started, like I was so addicted to it. I started to starve myself and I got down to a middleweight. You're saying, sorry, you're saying uh, Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. When you started, when you, when you got into it enough to realize what was happening. Yes. You got a little addicted to it. Like over-exercising. Yes, 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 yes. I was doing three hours at least four to five times a day. And you know, and it was hot in that gym and you sweat excessively. And um, once I wanted to compete, I had to lose about 25 pounds and I ended up losing about 45. Wow. So um, 
I liked what I was, but when I started to gain weight, I didn't feel as comfortable. But now that I'm at a point in my life where I am comfortable where I'm at, I feel like I'm successful, I'm mentally happy, and I, I just feel so much better about who I am now than who I was when I started six years ago. Six years ago, I was addicted to this. I wanted to be somebody that I didn't think I was, but now I feel like I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm at the weight I'm comfortable with. I just feel finally like complete yeah. on that journey. Do you relate prim- that primarily to just knowing that your body is meant for strong things and yes. you're capable of it? That's, that's actually the perfect way of explaining it because the, I'm one of the bigger girls in the gym and I'm okay with that now. I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, thinner than somebody else. I'm not trying to be um, competing weight wise with the other girls at the gym. I am comfortable where I'm at and using my body for what it's supposed to be used for. And that's not, again, just this walking piece of flesh to carry me through my existence. My body is amazing. It's special. It's mine. It's the only one I'm ever going to have. So I finally learned to love who I am. So do you relate any of that I want to say sort of self-love and self-acceptance to the fact that you've had a depressive disorder. Like, is that, does one come before the other? Or are they morphed together? I would say that, yeah, morphed together is a good way to put it. Um, I had never really thought of myself as being a depressive person until recently. Uh, depression does run in my family. And I would always tell my mom, well, why can't you just be happy? And even my husband now, I said, why can't you just be happy? Like, we have so many good things. We're just happy people, la, la, la. But then, you know, once you start to read something that you've written before or, you know, you look back at how things were, you're just like, wow, like, I wasn't happy. And it's not that it's something we can always control, you know what I mean? Well, it's we're just, human. I mean, our emotions are going to flex. Exactly. It's yeah. But I, I think... When you say that you have depression, even in today's society, it's still looked at as a negative thing. You know, get on this medication to make yourself feel better. Oh, you can't control your emotions. You need this. You need to, you know, even if it's something like just, oh, smoke pot, it'll make you feel better. Um, It's not really about that. I think it's just finding your balance. You don't need to feel like somebody is judging you based off of your feelings or something that you have or the way that you look kind of just rambling on here but yeah. <laughs> again yeah I, I I mean the question I want to ask you next is did you in terms of handling depression did you find ways through movement of your body to manage that or have you sought alternative therapies because there's lots of ways that I personally believe that our if we move and take care of our bodies physically mm-hmm. it takes care of our mind oh and, yeah and I, I feel like I'm like on repeat because I say this all the time and because I'm with the right group of people that understand exactly that you know and I'll I'll tell you a little bit about my story I have survived like 12 major surgeries I have half the organs I was born with and I relate like survival literally to the fact that I still exercise and move and that's amazing it's it you know what it it really is and Mm -hmm. it's a formula though it's that I I know that in order for me to keep you know, the, my, my brain and my mind focused on growing a company, launching new podcasts, you know, bringing new products to market, 
the only way that I can do that is if I stay committed to physically moving. Yes. So I, and it's, it's hard because it's way easier for me to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and sit in front of my computer and go through 500 emails that have been backlogged. That's actually easier. Right. It's harder to say, nope, I'm going to put that aside because you know what? My exercise matters. Mm -hmm. I, ha I have to do it, even if it's an hour. So I, I don't. I create routines that force me to take care of myself before I take care of business. And that's it's just that's hard. It's, yeah, it it's is. It's an endless battle of fighting against my brain thinking, oh, but if I started now, mm -hmm. maybe I'd have enough time to actually like watch a movie tonight. And if I don't start now, then I'm going to, you know, it's like I gave up my nine to five for 24-7. Right. <laughs> um, but that self-care part, exercise is self-care. Yeah. It's therapy to me. Mm -hmm. And there was a two-year period where I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And again, that's where I think that whole depression thing lied. Also, you shared something very personal with your surgeries. Um, two years ago, I found out that my tubes were blocked. And so I had to have surgery to cut off my tubes. And so my husband and I cannot conceive naturally. And I think that was a big thing that started this whole downward spiral of like, I can't do the one thing as a female that I'm supposed to do, you know, naturally. And so that just totally contributed to it. But, you know, these past couple of years or just the last six months, I would say getting up, having that routine of working out and taking care of yourself and being surrounded by just positive women, even if it's, you know, these ladies here at Girl Online, everyone's posting all these positive things and you know, we have our group where people can go and talk safely about things like this and get the opinions and thoughts of other females that are going through it, too. It's it's definitely a mental self-care thing, too, along mm. with the physical self-care. So, well, thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Uh, that must that must be that must be a tough, uh, a tough thing to face as a couple. Mm. I have a very supportive husband. I'm very grateful. So, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be who I am without him. One hundred percent. Amazing. And what's his name? Rob. Hi, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell him to listen. Yeah, listen, listen, Rob. You know, thanks for being such a good partner to Ashley. Uh, we love hearing that. That's amazing. Thank you. And so tell me about your family. Like, how were they involved in all of this that you've been through in your life? Because I, I mean, I can feel and see that there have been a lot of ups and downs yes. in the process of, you know, managing um you know, having a, de a, a depressive disorder. Is that the right way to say it? A depression disorder? Is it a depressive disorder? Is it the I same? Know. I I would say it's the same. Depression. We, yeah. We'll just say depression. Yeah, there we go. We know. And, and really just acknowledging the, the times that it, that you were struggling to acknowledge how freaking amazing you are. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> those ups and downs. How did your family handle that part? Um, the best way that they could, honestly. You know, uh, we I played tons of sports when I was, um, when my brother and I were in Texas, soccer was our thing. We played soccer all year round. And my parents were super, super supportive with that. My mom would always drive us. Uh, my dad would work 48 on and get 24 off. And so he was there as much as he could be. And then when we moved to Vandenberg, um, my dad started to get overseas jobs. So he really wasn't around. So it was mainly my mom that was there. And my mom is like power woman. I admire her so much. And every Mother's Day, I make her cry. And then some, you know, with the cards that she gets and the notes that she gets from me. But she really is like, if I can be half the mom that she is like, I will be phenomenal. But, um, when I was a senior, I had almost gotten to 200 pounds. I was super unhappy and my parents decided to do uh, Jenny Craig and I lost almost 60 pounds. So I was, I was super thin. I felt really good. 
mentally I felt good. And then, you know, that was, that was their way of supporting me, you know, pay for the food, encourage me. And they did. Um, but again, my dad was overseas. He worked in Ecuador. He worked in Korea. He was all over the place. So it was kind of like living in a single parent household. And so, um, when he would come back though, we had a good, we had a good relationship. Um, so I don't, I don't think they really knew any other way to support. Um, my dad's parents had split up, so he never really had that co-parent thing. So he was kind of like wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. I have a good relationship with him now. It wasn't as good for a while, but he's really supportive now. And, um, you know, asked about, oh, that girl thing that you're talking about. What's that girl thing? And did I tell him tell about it. Were gonna come on I did. He's jealous. <laughs> he's jealous that I'm here. He's jealous that I'm doing all this stuff. And That's, that's awesome. You know, well, I, yeah. I hope that he enjoys, you know, hearing what you're sharing. Mm-hmm. I hope he does too, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's important that you know if we do have these stories, we do share because everyone thinks that they're alone when it comes to things like this, and we're not. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have a special story, but we also have all these special characteristics that help us bond to other people—not just females, but people in general—with the things that we've gone through in our lives, and just make us seem more human, approachable, and just open. Yeah. You know, so if I was to ask you, like, what message would you want to give to someone else that is struggling to handle the fact that they are different and they maybe don't fit in with the norms of their environment? Because everybody's environment could be a little bit different. Right. But just someone that's really struggling with finding where they fit. This is like a perfect teacher moment right here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we didn't tell people that. Tell them what you do. Yeah. So I'm a middle school math teacher at the moment. I teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade math, which it's amazing because every time I tell people, they go, whoa, that's crazy. But I couldn't imagine doing anything else except I will be doing my first sixth grade class next year self-contained. I've never had a self-contained class before, so I'm terrified. So you have the same kids for the whole year? Yes, all day for the whole year. Oh my goodness. Are you, so you're teaching all the subjects? Yes. I'm so scared. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm going to make a note here to like send you some sanity. Please, (laughs) please send me everything that you can. The incense, the crystals, everything. (laughs) I will need it. Um, But I feel like this is something that I talk about almost on a regular basis to the kids in my class. It's like, you can't let society society dictate who you are. You can't let your family or your last name be the person that others think you are. I had a kid tell me, well, I'm I'm a Smith. What do you expect? It's like, no, that doesn't define who you are. You're you're Mike. Like you're an awesome kid and you have so much potential. Why are you letting that stop you? And so I, that would be my one thing that I would say is don't, don't let society have this impact and make you think you have to be a certain way just because of your family's past discrepancies or because of one bad thing you did wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we're constantly changing. We're constantly learning. We're constantly being better. And we're human. We make mistakes. But don't let that stop you. Just keep trucking. Now I, now I see why you're a teacher. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, your, that's your gift, you know? You're, Thank you. If, I'm sure that delivering that message to children at that age, it has an impact. I hope it does. Cause it's, it's hard to reach a 12-year-old. Yeah. I don't, again, I don't have any kids, but I mean, when I do, I hope that, you know, I'm able to reach them. And I hope I'm able to reach my students. If I can just change one student's mind, one student's day, make them happy, make them smile, you know, that's, that's enough for me. They may not like math they may not 
walk out of the classroom understanding how to do Pythagorean theorem, but if they're happy, then I'm happy. I think you just said something in Chinese. I don't even really know. <laughs> Pretty I, much. I, I really don't even know what that is. But yep. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you recognize this about yourself or not, but Ashley, part of the reason why the students are going to listen to you more is because you are different. Thank you. Right? You are the way you're speaking, the experiences that you've been through. You have tattoos like I do. Yes. You have funky hair. And I, I can love show it. it at work. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And you have, you know, you're, you're, you're out of the box. And, but that's what's going to make people recognize that what you have to say is something special. Thank you. Because, you know, if you're just a cookie cutter saying the same cookie cutter stuff, mm -hmm. that's what's going to tune kids out. So I, I actually think that you're going to have the ability to impact a lot of lives. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. This has been amazing. I really appreciate you taking the time to share with us. Same thing. This is great. So if people want to follow you on social media, where, where should they go? So you can find me on Facebook. If According to the kids, only old people use Facebook anymore, but I'm hey. still Ashley Ridenauer. I still like, use Facebook. There you go. That, See, that whatever. says a lot about we're, me. We're just going to call it aged wine. Yes. That's what we're going to call it. Perfection. Yeah. So, Or you can find me on Instagram. I'm ashley.smashley88. And I don't use Twitter. No, it's, we don't need. It's I out mean, of my comfort zone. Let's let's move on. I'll put I'll put your <laughs> Facebook profile um, link and your Instagram. Awesome. Uh, on in the show notes. Sweet. And people can connect with you and, and learn from you there. And appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you. I'm excited to have some fun here at Girl Live. Thank you. Sounds like I, it's getting a little louder out there. I know. What are they doing? Oh, I think the DJ has begun. It's starting. Well, it, it almost is 7 o'clock. we got 25 minutes before the festivities begin. I mean, have you bought any clothes yet? I did. They got me. They, <laughs> they get me every time. They're like, oh, by the way, Ashley, you still have stuff in your cart. And here's 20% off. Why do you do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> every time. I know. That's amazing. Well, uh, it's great to meet you. And listen, those of you that are listening to Girl Talk, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, maybe on Himalaya, make sure that you leave us a rating and give us five stars and leave a comment and, you know, give us your feedback. We'd love to know what you think about the show. And of course, any, anybody that wants to get in touch with Ashley, we will make that happen. So thank you, Ashley. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll be back soon. Peace out. This is Courtney Olson thanking you for joining us. If you want to keep up with us and join us some more, find us on our website at girl.com. That is G-R-R-R-L.com. You can find our newsletter on there to sign up for that and stay in the now. Or find us on our Instagram at girl underscore clothing. That's girl underscore clothing. And remember, you are enough. <laughs>